It's half past eight exactly, Mr. Dillon. I better get it out of the safe now. Chester. I'm ready whenever you are, Mr. Dillon. All right, let's go. Don't you just love Mondays? I love Mondays when it's the first Monday of a two-week vacation. And that's what I'm <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now. Mondays aren't bad when you're on vacation, let me tell you. Hi everybody, this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast for Monday, December 21st, 2020. Chester, how are you today? Chester's on vacation too course we still do the show you know we're committed to this this is not what we do for a livelihood the reason that uh, we have gathered here together today is on Mondays we play a comedy and last Monday we played an episode of the great Gildersleeve you might recall that he found a baby in his car in the parking lot uh, near the shopping center or near the department store I don't even think they they had much in the way of shopping centers in 1948. But this, I promised you, was the uh, storyline that was going to run for several weeks on The Great Gildersleeve. And indeed it did. And what we're going to do tonight or today is take just the second episode in the storyline and uh, kind of show you what happened. And the name of this one that we're going to listen to is called Taking Care of Baby. It was first broadcast September 15th, 1948. So this was the second show in the 48-49 season. And it was the second show to carry this storyline about the baby. We won't play Gildersleeve uh, next week, but at some future weeks we will uh, continue with this storyline until it's, until it's completed. So anyway, we're glad to have you along. What you need to do now is get into that big, soft, comfortable chair over there. Get your feet up. Get yourself a little something to drink, maybe a little snack, and sit back and relax because we're going to come right back at you with this week's old-time radio comedy, The Great Gildersleeve.
The Kraft Foods Company presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. Anyone who knows the great Gildersleeve knows that whenever a difficult situation presents itself, he can be counted upon for the right solution. So last week, when he found a six-month-old baby in his car, he didn't hesitate one minute to say, Wow, I'd better call my lawyer. Judge Hooker advised that Gildersleeve take the baby home with him, temporarily. Well, temporarily. But, as babies have a way of doing, the little one quickly worked her way into the great man's ample heart. And, like the man who came to dinner... We find her still here for breakfast, seven days later. Boy, am I hungry. Leroy, up and at him. Time to get up. Oh, Uncle, it's still dark. It wouldn't be if you'd come out from under the covers. It's seven o'clock. Seven o'clock? What are you doing up so early? Well, Papa Robin has another mouth to feed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can't wait to see the little tyke. Never saw a baby change so much from day to day. Marjorie, breakfast. Hurry up with the bath. There's baby. Baby? She's having a morning bath. Oh, it's you, Bertie. <laughs> Didn't think baby had learned to talk overnight. <laughs> Have her up a minute, Mr. Gilsey. As soon as I dry her off and oil her up. That's all right, Bertie. Take your time. Hi, uh, George. There's nothing like having a little baby in the house. Keeps everybody on their toes. Yes, I'll sit down and wait for breakfast. Morning, Uncle Mort. Oh, good morning, Marjorie. You're up early. And ironing. Oh, I've been up since six o'clock. Why six? The baby slept in my room last night, remember? Oh. Well, she could sleep in mine, Marjorie, but you know how quickly she picks up things. I wouldn't want the baby to learn to snore at six months. <laughs> oh, I really don't mind, Unky. Of course, I haven't seen the crowd for a week. Well, my dear, when there's a new baby in the house, we all have to make sacrifices. Where's breakfast? She's up bathing the baby. Oh, yes. Well, I can wait. A man doesn't have much self-control if he can't wait 15 minutes for breakfast, I always say. Well, 15 minutes must be about up. (laughs) At least since I came downstairs. I'll just step out and see if Bertie started anything. Good. There's something bubbling on the back of the stove. Smells like oatmeal. Boiled milk bottles. At least somebody's going to eat. Well, I may as well set out the eggs for Bertie. Anything to help. Wonder if we have any of those little canned sausages in the pantry. Let's see. Strained spinach. Strained string beans. Strained liver. Strained liver? Doesn't sound very good with eggs. Might make a little strained liver omelet. No. Hi, Al. What's for breakfast? Well, Leroy, we're waiting to find out. Bertie will be down in a minute. Gosh, wish she'd hurry. She can't expect a little kid to go off to school half-starved, can she? You might try it that way, Leroy. You haven't become a quiz kid on a full stomach. But, Uncle, if I don't eat pretty soon, I might faint. What if I fainted right in class? Right in the middle of arithmetic class? Hey, there's an idea. <laughs> I forbid you to faint in arithmetic class. You can 
patiently wait for breakfast like the rest of us. Where is that birdie? You see, Unc, that's all we do around here since that baby came. Wait, wait, wait. Wait for breakfast, wait for the bathroom. Now, my boy. Why doesn't she go home? Leroy, we don't know where her home is, that's why. Until we find her mother, baby's welcome to stay here as long as she likes. Let's remember that, and we'll all cooperate. That's all I do, cooperate. Leroy, would run downstairs and get some clothespins for baby. You see, Unc, a millionaire <laughs> Well, Bertie, I suppose we'll have a little breakfast now, eh? Yes, sir. Sorry you're having to wait, Miss Gilsley. Well, I am a little hungry. So's Bertie. I don't know how a 16-pound baby can wear out a 160-pound woman, but I'm bushed. A <laughs> uh, 160 pounds, Bertie? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that baby sure is a little darling. You ought to see her in there playing with a toe. Yeah, she's pretty cute, all right, Bertie. I'll, uh, get out the eggs. Here's the iron, buddy. You got all that done already, Miss Marjorie? Well, I want to go over to Francie's tonight. I've hardly been out of the house. That's a good idea, my dear. We've all been doing yeoman service since the baby came. Eggs, Bertie. But we must have our recreation, too. That's right, Mr. Gillsleeve. I sure am glad it's my night off. Fine, you deserve it. Now, how about... What? Wait a minute. If you and Marjorie are both going out, who's going to stay with baby tonight? <laughs> Oh, Leroy. <laughs> Uncle Moore, you can't ask Leroy to stay with the baby. Why can't you stay? Me. The Jolly Boys are getting together. I need recreation, too. Why? What have you done for the baby? Well, I found her, didn't I? Not only that, I've... I've, uh... I've... Marjorie, women know how to take care of babies better than men. All right, Unky. You go to your Jolly Boys meeting. I'll stay home if you're afraid to stay with the baby. Afraid? Who's afraid? I can take care of a baby as well as any woman. Why, thanks, Uncle Mort. But, uh, she... <laughs> Call me, Uncle? Yes, Leroy. We men are going to stay with the baby tonight. Have a lot of fun. Gosh, Uncle, I can't. The scrub team is holding skull practice. Coach's orders. Skull practice, eh? Yeah, you better go, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Mort... Why don't you ask Miss Fairchild to come over and help you sit with the baby? That would be nice, Mr. Gillsleeve. Yeah, Unc. You two like to sit in the parlor anyway and talk baby talk. <laughs> it so happens, Marjorie, that... It so happens, Leroy, that... It so happens, everybody, that Miss Fairchild is not available. Her flower and garden club meets tonight. Besides, we don't sit in the parlor and talk baby talk. <laughs> Leroy, careful. I haven't had my breakfast. Bertie, how about those eggs? I have a feeling I was trapped into staying with a baby tonight. Well, if you get trapped, trap somebody else. Oh, good morning, Judge. Hello, Gilda. And how are you this fine morning? My, what's come over you, bouncing in here like one of little Abner's big fat schmooze? <laughs> Old goat. Just on my way to the office and stopped in to see you, Horace. Mm -hmm. Haven't been seeing enough of you lately. How'd you like to come over to my house tonight? But, Gildy, the fellows are getting together at the Jolly Boys tonight. Jolly Boys? Who wants to go up there? What? Judge, how long has it been since you and I got together for a friendly game of checkers? Well, it has been quite some time. We but... had a lot of fun, old friend. 
You're pretty good, but I'll bet I could beat you, you old rascal. Oh, no, you couldn't. Oh, yes, I could. Gildy, I've always beaten you, and I could do it tonight if we were playing, which we're not. And remember those delicious midnight snacks? Remember, Horace, that food? Gildy, I hope I haven't given you the impression that I was turning down your invitation. Oh, no. I'd pass up the Jolly Boys any time for some of Birdie's delectable cheese rarebit. Um, Birdie? One of the main reasons I like to come over is Bertie's cooking. <laughs> but I won't be over, Gildy. What? Because I just happen to remember it's Bertie's night out. Oh? Just because you're stuck at home with a baby, you want to stick your friends. Well, that doesn't include you, Hooker. I wouldn't ask you to come over and help me take care of the baby ever. Now, Gildy, don't take that attitude. Why? Do you want to come over? No. Well, I wouldn't ask you. Goodbye, hungry old goat. <laughs> thinks I'm going to stay alone just because he's going up to the Jolly Boys Club. <laughs> I'll invite the Jolly Boys over to my house. Hello, Peavy. Hello, Mr. <laughs> what can I do for you? Peavy, I just got a great idea. You don't care. Yep. Peavy, Peavy, will you stop stacking that chewing gum and listen? Very well. That seems to be one of the reasons I'm here, Mr. Gildersleeve, to listen to great ideas. Shoot. Well, how would you like That's to... That's one of the things I had to learn early in life. What? To be a good listener. Oh. Well, how That's would you like... one thing you don't learn out of a book at pharmacy school. What's that? To be a good listener. Well, for heaven's sakes, listen, then. How would you and the Jolly Boys like to meet over at my house? It might be nice sometime. Uh, what was your great idea? That's it. I'm inviting you fellows over to my house tonight. Oh? Sure. It so happens I'm staying home with a baby anyway. Your baby? Yeah. We'll all have a lot of fun, Peavy. Pass the baby around, let everybody hold it a little while. <coughs> You'd like that, wouldn't you? Well, I wouldn't change that. <laughs> Women come in here every day with babies and expect me to cater to them. Yeah, and I've seen you, Peavy. You're great with babies. <laughs> well, infants do seem to kind of take to me. They just look at me and start to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and when they start to cry, all I have to do is go, woogie, 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 and they stop. Oh, uh-huh. does that work, Peavy? Well, in severe cases, I sometimes get a toy off the shelf. Sell a few that way, too. <laughs> great. You'll be a handyman to have around the house, Peavy. I'll expect you to eat tonight. Oh, well, thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve, but I'm afraid I can't make it. What's this? I'm afraid I'll have to pass up the Jolly Boys tonight. Peavy, you're just saying that. No, Mrs. Peavy is saying it. <laughs> what? Mrs. Peavy's parrot has the pip. She's been after me to stay home and doctor. Oh, my goodness, a parrot with a pip. Well, I see I can't count on the Jolly Boys. Well, of course, if the pip gets better, I could bring the bird over to your house. <laughs> Don't give it a second thought, Peavy. I'll stay with the baby alone. Goodbye.
can't say the great Gildersleeve didn't try to get out of staying home alone with the baby tonight. But now that the hour approaches, he faces it as only a great man can. Uh, look at the little cutie smile at me. Tickle, tickle, tickle. Does baby like that? Uncle Mort, I'm leaving now. Uh, goodbye, Margie. We'll have fun, won't we, baby? Ah. Uh... Yeah, wait. <laughs> wait, Marjorie. What? Look, I taught her something. Look. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Uncle Mort, don't you think you ought to let the baby get to sleep now? I had her all tucked in. Well, I'm just tickling one toe back in. There. Come on into the living room now, Uncle Mort. No, sir. If I'm going to be responsible for this child tonight, I'm going to be responsible. I'm sitting right here by the crib. But, Uncle Mort, you'll be all right here in the den. Well, you can leave the door part way open and enjoy yourself in the living room. Marjorie, if I wanted to enjoy myself, I'd be at the Jolly Boys. I'm sitting right here taking care of this helpless little baby. Hand me a few of those cigars. Uncle Mort, you can't smoke those awful black things in here. These El Lobos aren't very black. It's just the smoke they make. Come along. Oh, look, she's dozing off. Uh... Let's tiptoe out. Well, all right. Shh. There. Good night, Unky. See you later. Good night, my dear. Have a good time. Thank you, I will. Ah, fine little family. Oh, Leroy! Try to be more quiet. What? Try to be try to be more quiet. Don't you know there's a baby in the house? Okay. Sorry, Uncle. Good night. Good night, my boy. And don't slam the door. Well, if that didn't wake her, nothing will. Might just go into the living room and light up a cigar. Uh, uh, I'll blow the smoke out toward the kitchen. I'm off, Mr. Gilsley. I just stacked the dishes, but don't you do anything about them. Don't worry, I won't. <laughs> Have a good time, Bertie. Thank you, sir. Want me to look in on baby before I go? No, thanks. Marjorie and I just did that. Everything's going to be all right. Well, in case it ain't, I got some do's and don'ts here for you. Some won'ts? Well, when you check on baby, be sure the covers are tucked in, but loosely tucked in. I learned that out of a government pamphlet. Oh? And it's right, because the WPA put it out. The WPA. <laughs> oh, yeah. And when she rolls into a different position, you better check to see that she's not sleeping the wrong way on her ears, because if she does, sometimes they curl. Oh, uh, what, what's this, Bertie? But don't you worry about it, Mr. Gilson. You just keep checking. Maybe I better check now. And here's some books to help you. Books? I knew you wouldn't want to worry if anything went wrong. Let's see those. Now, here's one that takes in everything, Mr. Gilson, from infancy to adolescence. Adolescence? How long are you going to be gone, Bertie? <laughs> around by midnight, Mr. Gilsey. Now, don't you worry about a thing. Worry? Oh, no, I won't. That's all you got to do. Just keep checking. Now, don't you worry about a thing. I'll try not to. That's good. Just keep checking. You ain't got nothing to worry about. All right, Bertie. You know what you got to do, Mr. Gilsey? Ah? Uh? That's right. Just keep checking. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. A lot of books here. Let's see. What to do till baby come? How did that get in there? <laughs> Here's one that Bertie recommended. Chapter one, care of the child. 
Do not prop small babies or hold in sitting position. It tends to make the shoulders round, chest hollow, and stomach big. <laughs> Wish they'd put this book out when I was a baby. <laughs> uh, let's see what's over here. Childhood ailments. Ailments. Every child should have a health examination twice a year. Twice a year? That's every six months. She's at least six months old. Should have had it done today. Uh, better go check. But I'm not going to worry. Well, look at her. Sleeping like a baby. Can't be much wrong. She isn't crying. Maybe she's too sick to cry. <laughs> better feel her little forehead. Baby? Are you all right? She doesn't answer. Wonder if I should shake her a little. Baby, are you all right? Speak to me. Oh, she's all right, all right. Ooh, now how do I turn her off? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to wear out the carpet this morning. Oh, what a pair of lungs. Must be a strong, healthy baby to be able to cry like that. But baby, be reasonable. I'm trying to make you go to sleep. Oh, maybe I'd better call Peavy. <laughs> Easy does it, baby. We're calling Mr. Peavy. He'll know what to do. Uh, let's see. How do you dial a telephone while holding a baby in one arm and the receiver in the other? <laughs> maybe I can dial with my elbow. No, oh, the holes aren't big enough. No, baby, don't you dial. Catch your little finger. Uh, having fun, eh? Well, maybe I won't have to call Peavy after all. All right, all right, I'll call him. Uh, baby, stop pulling that cord. The phone's slipping. Oh, oh. You scared yourself. A man can't phone this way. Come on, back to the crib, honey. There now, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Oh, brother. Well, come on, it's ringing, Peavy. Answer it. Peavy's residence, Mr. Peavy speaking. I know that. Peavy, you've had a lot of experience with babies. How do you make them stop crying? Well, Mr. Gildersleeve, that all depends. What seems to make the baby cry? Well, nothing. I just shook her a little. How's that? I woke her up to see if she was all right, and I can't get her back to sleep. Come over and help me. But, Mr. Gildersleeve, I'm in my nightcap. At nine o'clock? Peavy, I'm here alone. You've got to help me. I appeal to you as a friend. As a jolly boy. As a customer. I'll be right over. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good old Peavy. I wonder who that is. Peavy can't move that fast. Adeline. Hello, Throckmorton. I thought you were at your garden club meeting. I just got home and I saw your lights on, so I thought I'd come over. Adeline, come in. I need you. Oh, you do, Throckmorton? Yeah, I can't get the baby back to sleep. Oh, well, where is she? In the den. I've tried everything. Here, listen to that. Oh, you precious little darling. Come to Adeline. I'll wrap you up and we'll take you out in the living room. Oh, 
such a face you've made it. I tried everything I can think of. I walked the floor, bubbled her over my shoulder. Well, good gracious, it's nothing to worry about. All babies cry. They do? Did you sing to a Throckmorton? My mama used to sing to me. Sing? Well... Go on, Throckmorton, sing our lullaby. Lullaby? I don't know many of those. How about lullaby of Broadway? There's no lullaby, silly. No. How about little buckaroo? You know that. Hold baby while I get to the piano. <laughs> Hurry, Adeline. Close your sleepy eyes, my little buckaroo. While the light of western skies is shining down on you. Yeah, seems to be working. <laughs> Don't you know it's time for bed? Another day is through. So go to sleep, my little buckaroo. Look, Adeline. Don't you realize, my little buckaroo? It was from a little acorn that the oak tree grew. And remember, Uncle Mort was once a kid like you. So go to sleep, my little buckaroo. girls do now it's time that you were rounding up a dream or two <laughs> I taught her that <laughs> so go to sleep my little buckaroo That sweet little smile. Adeline, I don't know what I would have done tonight if you hadn't come over. Been trying to get her sleep for an hour. Oh, poor itsy bitsy boy. <laughs> Adeline. Yes. I'm glad you dropped in. Well, so am I. We're all alone. Yes. Nobody's looking. Oh, you. Adeline. Zeke. Excuse me, Adeline. Doorbell. Who could be calling this hour? Yes? Good evening, Mr. Gillespie. Peavy, what are you doing here? I brought a little something to quiet the baby. You just wind it up and put it on the floor. But Peavy... A mechanical duck. Oh, Peavy, stop it. Now, where's the baby? Peavy, the baby's already asleep. Oh, my goodness. 
Seems quiet in here now. Certainly does. Yes, it certainly does. <laughs> Peavy, let me thank you once again for coming over this evening. Oh, don't, don't mention it, Mr. Gallifrey. You sure Mrs. Peavy isn't getting lonesome? This must be a very dull evening for you. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, care for another peppermint, Miss Fairchild? You're very thoughtful, Mr. Peavy. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh, good night, folks. Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry, Adeline Fairchild by Miss Una Merkel. The show was written by John Elliott and Andy White with music by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Earl Ross, and Richard Legrand. This is John Wall saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Me too. Good night. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And there you have the great Gildersleeve from uh, September 15th, 1948. The name of that one was Taking Care of Baby. And there's two or three or four more episodes in this storyline. And like I said, we will have them in future weeks. We'll spread them out a little bit because I don't want to just play any one show too many weeks in a row. So I hope you uh, enjoyed that one and you will look forward to hearing how the story ends. Just a couple of uh, program notes. I thought that the um, baby, whoever did the baby, you know, the sound effect of the baby was really good. I've heard some really lousy baby impersonations on radio shows, and I'm sure you have too. This one's really good. Really good. Did you notice that Birdie, when she uh, handed him a pamphlet about uh, how to dress a baby to sleep, that she said that she got it from the WPA, and Gildy didn't sound too thrilled about that? Do you know what the WPA was? Is anybody old enough here to remember the WPA? I'm, I'm not. It was either the Works Progress Administration or the Work Projects Administration. It was um, initiated under Franklin D. Roosevelt as part of the New Deal to try to end the Depression. Critics found that it was a device for creating a huge patronage that was loyal to the Democratic Party. But the stated purpose of the program was to provide useful work for millions of victims of the Great Depression. 
and thus to preserve their skills and their self-respect. The economy, in turn, the theory goes, would be stimulated by the increased purchasing power of the newly employed. Now, one of the problems with this is, even though it was very welcome to have a job, and a lot of good was done, they built a lot of highways, a lot of bridges, uh, dams, but a lot of people felt like they were uh, on the dole. Did you ever hear that expression? Uh, that was very commonly used back during uh, this period of time with, with the WPA. The word dole had been used since the 13th century to refer to a charitable gift given to the poor. And it derives from the term doling out or giving out, handing out. Dole. Well, anyway, to get back to the reason Bertie said this, part of the program of the WPA was to provide jobs for unemployed writers, editors, and research workers. And among the products that they created, these writers and editors and so forth, researchers, were guidebooks for every state and territory in the United States. They also had guides to many of the major cities and even some more significant smaller towns and villages and counties. The guidebooks often combine travel information with essays on geography, architecture, history, and commerce. The project produced ethnic studies, folklore collections, local histories, nature studies, and other guides. A total of more than 1,000 books and pamphlets. It would appear that one of the subjects of one of their books or pamphlets was how to care for a baby. That was the WPA, and apparently, Gildy didn't have any great feelings about the WPA. That is going to wrap things up for Monday, December the 21st, 2020. But do not despair. We will be back tomorrow with an old-time radio drama. Isn't that a pretty lullaby? This is one of my favorite uh, favorite lullabies. I remember uh, humming this to our boys when we would try to get them to sleep when they were yet babies. <laughs> Beautiful. Gildy talked about another lullaby. Um... It was uh, one that was written by Harry Warren and Al Dubin, and it was first published in 1935. The lyrics salute the nightlife of Broadway and its denizens who don't sleep tight until the dawn, as one of the lyrics put it. The song was introduced in the musical film Gold Diggers of 1935, and it won the Academy Award for Best Song for that motion picture. But in a very unusual move, 
It was used in two other motion pictures that same year. It was used as background music in a sequence in the Betty Davis film that was called Special Agent. And it also was sung by Jeannie Cowan in a nightclub scene in the Jimmy Cagney film G-Men. So we are going to go out with the lullaby of Broadway. And the version you are about to hear is from the original cast album of 42nd Street back, I think it was in 1980. And the lead singer, at least at the beginning of the song, is none other than Jerry Orbach. This is Bob Rowe. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I'm so glad you met me. Show business isn't for me. I'm going back to Allentown. What was that word you just said? Allentown? I'm offering you a chance to star in the biggest musical Broadway scene in 20 years, and you say Allentown? Come on along and listen to the lullaby of Broadway. The hip hooray and ballyhoo. Lullaby of Broadway The rumble of the subway train The rattle of the taxis The daffodils who entertain At Angelo's and Maxie's When a Broadway baby says goodnight it's early in the morning. Manhattan babies don't sleep tight until the dawn. Good night, baby. Good night. Milkman's on his way. Sleep tight, baby. Call it a day Listen to the lullaby of old Broadway Come on along and listen to
lullaby of all. 